Sundays, right? And then we're, we're worshiping tonight and we're talking about faith and, and we're, we're, we're talking about trust and, and everything inside of me is literally praying for you. Praying for you that the Lord will strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. And, and faith is tough because the natural mind wants to do math. The natural mind wants to reconcile by the criteria of the natural. It wants to reconcile the spiritual. And, and how many of you know the kingdom is just beyond, it's beyond the natural. Uh, while, while it functions and flows within the context, it is way bigger and beyond. I mean, in this kingdom, you die to live. Right. You lose to gain it all. No, that's not math, man. That's like <laughs> flipped upside down. It's amazing. That's just action. Adding the opposite. Sorry, I'm sorry. Math. <laughs> I didn't even get the subtraction. Is just adding the opposite. Yeah, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a phenomenal thing to me that this whole thing is about faith. And the scripture says that while in times when we are not full of faith, he yet remains faithful. In other words, his character doesn't change on our behalf when we waver back and forth. Thank you, Jesus. Because there are times that you wrestle and contend with the idea, is he actually good? And you're going, wait a minute. Yeah, maybe I'm not feeling it, or oh yeah, no, he's good. It's all good. Everything's good right now, so he's good. And then, you know, tomorrow, and it rains. And how fast and fickle we are to shift off our faith. So I was praying during worship, and just uh, I was I was pretty uh, alert when when Lee started talking about faith, unbelief, and then we're worshiping, and we're talking about faith. And I was praying for you that the Lord would strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. I want to take you back to a familiar passage of Scripture that's just been stirring in my heart. And um, I, think, I think it's appropriate and it fits exactly what I believe the Lord is talking about. So let's take another look at Romans 14. This is a, this is a passage of Scripture that can be familiar but often uh, maybe just so familiar that we overlook and really chew on the meat of this thing. I just want to read this to you. I'm going to read from the NIV. It's a familiar uh, version. Um, I'm sure everyone will accept that. Uh, if not, you can actually look on your own tablet or your own phone for a translation. It's not going to be very different. Uh, I've read pretty much as many translations in this chapter as possible. So it says this, Accept the one whose faith is weak. So it is possible to have a weak faith. Which is to say, it's possible to be strong in faith. How many of you believe in Jesus? You believe in Jesus. <laughs> right? Isn't it funny though? Sometimes, sometimes it's easy to believe that He's Jesus and that I'm saved and now the righteousness of God and yet I wrestle with my eligibility or my acceptability from time to time. I, I have enough faith to believe that He paid for it and finished it at the cross and yet I'm still not walking in the fullness of it. So my faith... So it's possible to grow in your faith. And that, in fact, it's necessary. It's, it's necessary. So, except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters, I just want to highlight a point to you. Are you ready for this? <laughs> so much of your life is disputable matters. And we make mountains out of molehills. So don't, 
Don't get hopped up on things too much. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that anyone can ever tell you is to stay light. Yeah. One of the hardest things in the world is to stay light. Yeah. Don't overdo it. The longer I live, the more I recognize that, the, that this thing is a lot easier than it was built up to be. Yeah. And you're going to find that out as you continue to grow in the Lord. So, except one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. Another whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. Notice the weakness and vegetables are together. I just want to point this out. I didn't make it up. No, no, it's in there. Nick, are you saying this because CJ's not here tonight? I'm telling you. Yeah, CJ's here. That's right. Can I get a witness? Lord. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. (laughs) (laughs) Disputable. Disputable. (laughs) So the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. So it is acceptable if you like vegetables. And it is acceptable. It's not about the meat or the vegetables. You get it, right? So here's, here's, the, thing, here's the thing I want to say. Um, so the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. I just want to say to you that, that while you're growing in your faith, there's areas of understanding and maybe revelation that some have found in him. You know, there are treasures waiting for you. To discover in Him. Okay? Some may have discovered a treasure in Him, and you may not. And, and so the one who has discovered this treasure, like, like, go easy. Go easy, right? Because what I've found is often, if we've discovered, like, deep, rich treasure, we rush to fast forward and force feed that treasure on, on the next person. Because, like, you know, you've got to have this, man. You're going to like this. This is prime rib. You've got to get off that stuff and you've got to eat the meat. You know? And we rush and force feed and think we've got to press our treasures that we've discovered on someone else's soul. And, and, and it's, not, it's, not always, it's not always the right time. It's not always... They've not, they need a little bit of time. And it doesn't rest on your shoulders to rock them into revelation. Maybe, maybe their faith is still in process and there's still a bit of discovery and awakening that needs to occur. But you know what I found in, in, in the church or in the broader body of Christ, people of faith, is, is we leave little room to the working of the Holy Spirit in the process of their faith growing. We leave little room because we want to tell them our revelation. Because by golly, I have something. Isn't it almost always about the flesh that we have to be so quick to force feed and fast forward somebody? It's just not necessary. Mm-hmm. Like if we're, we're talking about weak faith, strong, how about strong enough faith to trust that he yeah. is doing a great job mm-hmm. in their awakening process and maturity and growth? Mm-hmm. What, what if he is actually good enough that he's on the job mm-hmm. and we have enough faith to trust him that he's on the job? Yeah. And leave room for the Spirit of the Lord to lead us into awakening. So, so the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. Nor should the one who, who does not eat everything judge the one who does. Isn't it, 
Isn't it often the case? We, we judge people who, who have discovered something in the Lord and we just we judge them because it doesn't fit our radar. It doesn't fit the mold or our frame of reference. So judgment has no room because God has accepted them both, right? One person considers one, one day more sacred than another and another considers every day just the same. This is crazy, but it's in the Bible. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, it's black and white, right? Either, either it's one day or it's every day. Can it be both? Golly, now you're really pressing on me. Woo-wee. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord, and whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord's soul. Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Both the one who has got a strong faith and both the one who is growing in their faith. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind. I love that part. Like, now, now, now I'm in the process. It could have said, instead, he's made up your mind for you. No work necessary. But instead, it says, make up your mind. Choose to not put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Even a right revelation, prematurely forced and pressed, can become a stumbling block in the faith progression. Is that crazy to you? That just blows my mind. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. That is a statement. Mm -hmm. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But, and that's all big. (laughs) (laughs) But, If anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Think about it. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Man, you guys, like, like if you don't have your Bible, or if you have a pen or paper, or if you need a marker, if you need to write on someone else's hand, you need to hear this. This is big. Do not by your eating destroy someone from whom Christ has died. Yeah. How many think you can eat? But for the man who thinks he cannot, out of love, don't sit there and cause a stumbling block knowingly. Just because you have your freedom and have your full persuasion that you can. Now that's maturity right there. That's maturity right there. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. 
For the kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking. Or do's and don'ts. But rather, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom is not about eating and drinking, things we do, but of righteousness, peace, and joy, things we, we are and participate in. In the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. For the kingdom is not about a matter of eating and drinking. So the whole part of that passage in the beginning was about the one who had the faith that he could eat whatever he wanted to eat, and then the weaker one who only ate vegetables. One time. Just want to be clear. So the whole part of that scripture up front is talking about the one who thinks he can, the one who thinks he can, vegetables, the meat, and it's not the point. And the Bible's saying it's not about what you do or don't eat or drink. That's not the point. Don't miss the point. Don't miss the point. Accepted by God. Accepted by God. A brother, a sister. He loves them. They're acceptable. Maybe they haven't found the treasure or discovered something that you discovered. Leave room. Do not quarrel over disputable matters. By the way, we see in part. Leave a lot of room. The only things I thought were so solid uh, 10, 20 years ago, and I've discovered I was solidly wrong. <laughs> I know. For the one who's not, maybe not, you're still working on the faith issue, you're probably judging me right now. Thinking, whoo, how can you say such a thing? I'll tell you what, I'm going to fast forward for you. You'll think back in five, ten years and you'll be like, man, I remember when I used to think this way. <laughs> man, was I wrong. Leave room. By the way, does your faith leave room for the possibility that you might be missing something today? Can you, can you live with the straddle of being absolutely certain with enough room that he can change your mind? And what if in all your certainty... You see in part, and tomorrow you see a little more clearly. And ten years from now, you go back and think, man, was I just, what was I thinking? And yet this whole time, you can still be certain in your faith. Most people can't do that. Guys, the craziest thing in the world is to watch brother and sister banter against each other. Most of the time, they're bantering against things of faith. It's as if the enemy doesn't have to work too hard. Because if it is black and white, it's real easy, right? It's just like, yeah, that's not God. Murder, that's not God. But gossip under the guise of venting, no, that's spiritual. That's, that's, that's getting it off my chest. I've got to stay light. I mean. It's a wild thing to me that, that literally the enemy could work us against one another about disputable matters of, of things that are not even not, they're just not the point. They're just not the point. Be careful that you don't get caught up with things that are not necessarily the point. It doesn't mean you can't have preference. It's just be, be careful. Be careful. Too many people, too many times make judgments prematurely. A stronger faith leaves a little room while it's certain and solid as well. Anchor in him. Remember, I don't know if you remember the other day I got to come to Bible. It was a blast. I enjoyed it. 
brief, but I, I just want to say, uh, Jesus is perfect theology. Hallelujah. <laughs> it doesn't have to get too complicated. He's perfect theology. And if you live out of that book, boy, you're going to live right, and it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and you see in part today, but you're going to get a little bit more. And there's treasures you're going to find, and when you find them, rush to force feed it and shove it down someone's throat. <laughs> no. You know what I do often when I, try to like, when I try to talk about something I discovered in him? I often lead with the question, man, dude, have you, have you read Romans 14 lately? Oh my goodness, they've been working on it? And the new revised version <laughs> is really good. <laughs> no, but what I do, what I do is I, I often talk about s- discoveries or things that I'm chewing on, and, but I do it in a way of almost like a question. Man, I'll tell you what, I've really been, I've really been soaking on that passage um, about do not for the sake of love cause another to stumble. And that I, you know how many times I think I've, I thought I was in, in love genuinely trying to drag them over the line into believing what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wrong. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that before? Yes. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, just talk, I just talk my way into discovery about what I'm learning. And before you know it, Nobody feels force-fed, fast-forwarded, and shoved, and pushed, and dragged. It's almost like, yeah, hmm, yeah. Maybe you have a better result if you weren't so emphatic about the things that you have such an emphatic persuasion on. Let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual Edification. I just want to highlight that again. Mm-hmm. Let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. You know what edification means, right? It's like, do what leads to peace, which it's, it's, it's not just peace as in calm mm-hmm. it's peace as in connection because the word peace literally translated will follow all the way to united we have been united with him our prince of peace came on a peace tour and made peace yeah. and now we are at peace mm-hmm. hallelujah so, and somebody <laughs> <laughs> and, and so peace is connection do what leads if we spent more time about connecting us, uh, go and make disciples, mm-hmm. baptizing them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy identifying them. Do you know the word baptism, baptizo, is, is also a word for identification. Identify them in the... F- Most of the time we're going out trying to shove down and trying to identify them with our denomination, mm-hmm. with our, our doctrine, and, and, and all kinds of flesh. Mm-hmm. Flesh. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not even pleasing to the Lord. That's not pleasing to the Lord. And this is why this is why the enemy doesn't have to work too hard. He just hops us all up on disputable matters and we fuss against each other and we make no progress. Much to do about nothing. That is a shame. That is a shame. I just want to encourage you. Leave room. Leave room. Leave room. Do what leads to peace. In other words, talk about the things that are connecting us with him. And is building us up, strengthening us in our faith. 
building us in our faith. Focus on that stuff. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Do not destroy the work of God in a man or a woman for the sake of the do or don't. All food is clean, but it is wrong for the person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. And then here's one of the passages of Scripture. I quote this all the time. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Blessed is the man whose conscience does not condemn him. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. So be free, right? So blesses the man who blesses the man who has freedom to eat meat and doesn't feel like he's got to stink and eat vegetables his whole life. Hallelujah. He's a blessed man. But blesses the man whose conscience blesses the man who has a freedom that allows him or approves him to and whatever that is. I, I'm not I'm not trying to even participate in, in judging that issue. Okay, that's between you and the Lord. And it's Jesus' perfect theology. Do what he did. Follow that example. Watch the Word, and you're going to live a bright and beautiful life. Okay? But I'm telling you, some people, their conscience has allowed them a freedom to have a sip of wine. Others, their conscience doesn't allow them to have that freedom. And to them, wine is sin. Okay? Scripture is saying, blesses the man who has his freedom, and his conscience does not condemn him. It gives him his freedom. But then it goes on to say, but whoever has doubts is condemned if they do eat, because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. So I go back to the beginning. God strengthen their faith. Father, strengthen my faith. Give me faith. Give me faith. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. I have encountered such incredible treasure in the Lord. To me, it's brilliant. I love it. It's beautiful. I didn't make it up. It was discovery found by pursuit, right? There's pursuit. Um... But it is not my job to press upon you. Pull you, drag you, press you, push you, um, manipulate you into something that you haven't discovered of your own. But it is my job to be totally, totally in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and doing. So as I can participate and collaborate with him in the process of the becoming and discovering. So, so when I come and when I talk about the discovery and the treasure that I found in the Lord, I'm not coming to tell you, this is what you need to do. And this is how you need to go about it. And cut your hair. And take that earring out. And cover that tattoo. And repeat after me. And stop. No, stop. 
Stop. I, I want to be, be very, very connected and in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I want to co-labor with Him in the process of your awakening. My awakening. I want you to co-labor with Him in the process of awakening from me. You know what stirs up my faith? When you talk about the discovery and the treasure that you found in the pursuit of Him. It stirs me up. It stirs me up. Remember the time you and I sat in the office? And we just were just talking about unity and united and it was like, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah. To this day, we found something. And it was the stirring of our faith in the process of the Spirit of the Lord opening our eyes. And I'm going, no way. This is bigger than I ever thought. And, and here's the cool thing. Fully persuaded. And let me tell you, the first sign of persuasion is peace and rest. <laughs> like, I'm not fully persuaded if I have to shove on you my persuasion and wait for your affirmation. Now I can really believe in what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right? Did we not discover in the stirring of our faith, in the Spirit of the Lord, did we not discover something you cannot take away from us? You can't do it. So I only I just I just want to share that stuff with you to say, hey, for the sake of love, gosh. Leave room. Don't force speed and fast forward on me. Don't should on me. That's a, I'm telling you, that's, that's appropriate. That's, that's maturity. That's maturity. Now, do I want you to find what I found? I'd love for you to find what I found. If that's a blessing for your life, my goodness, I want you to find it. And I want to talk about it enjoy it but I also want to be very awake and, and aware of what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and doing and leave a lot of room yeah. leave a lot of room guys I say all that to simply say this you're going to find in your life many times that people beautiful people of faith who like vegetables <laughs> I'm just going to keep putting that out <laughs> No, you're going to find, you're going to find that there are amazing men and women of God who you just love and enjoy and all of a sudden they're going to say something or do something out of the revelation and faith that they understand and you're going to go. (laughs) 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 And then if you follow what every generation before us has done, you're going to sever that relationship and might even fight with the relationship until they buy into you or you someone's going down <laughs> and and all the while much to do about nothing over disputable matters and at the end of the day can you be okay with being next to a brother and sister of faith who sees a little bit different than you Think it out. Can you actually be okay with that? Do you know what I find extremely disturbing? Is how solid we are at such a young, such a young age in life. And how I'm talking like footers dug deep and concrete steel set nice and hard. We are rock solid about so much at such a young age. And I think to myself, 
Man, that is borrowed faith. Mm-hmm. That is borrowed faith, and there's, there's not a lot of stability with that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity to get shaken up a bit. But here's the problem. I've watched too many people get shaken with borrowed faith, mm-hmm. and then they just mm-hmm. they turn against him, and they point fingers, and it's all him. He did me wrong. He this, he that. No. You... Generations. Force-feeding leadership. Denominations. Books. Programs. And all these things. I just want to say that one of the things I love about what we do here is we leave a lot of room. We leave a lot of room. Do not misunderstand that for being loose and and unfounded and unfooted. We are extremely persuaded. But I'm not going to push that on you and force feed you. Something that I need. You, you want to know what discipleship is all about? Let's find out what he's saying and just echo that. That's what discipleship is all about. Just, just echo what he's saying. And for some, he's saying, there's more to life than vegetables. Amen. <laughs> does, this, does this make sense? Yeah. yeah. Thoughts? Feelings? I have a question. Sure. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say of, like, where do you draw that line of, like, hearing about and saying, hey, we're open, and I want, like, I'm glad that you're hearing that uh, from the Spirit, but then also, like, where then do we find the line of knowing objective truth? Mm-hmm. Where do we find the line of knowing the objective truth? Brilliant question. Mm-hmm. Where do we find the line of knowing the objective truth? Can I ask that? Yes. You know, it's something that's, that's I think very helpful. It's been helpful for me in the context of Christianity and Christian faith. And I think there's total agreement. There's the beauty of it is there's parameters that if you can't go, it's like there's non-negotiables. That if you go outside of these non-negotiables, then you're in heresy. And I think there's all agreement in that. And I think what you're asking with, now within that, there's a lot of flexibility. That he's talking about. So you can have a lot of flexibility that, as long as you don't go outside of these parameters. And that leaves a lot of room for people of different faiths and different places in their life that you can't go, you go outside of these parameters and you're in danger, dangerous ground. But within here, there's a lot of flexibility. And that's always helped me over the years. So I can entertain within, as long as you stay within these boundaries and you're, you're not treading heresy. But I understand there's different denominations and different ways of looking at things that you're not in danger of going into heresy, that we can still fellowship with one another. And that's always helped me. If you get to the point that I understand there's non-negotiables that I can't cross over. But within there, there's different denominations, different beliefs, and there's flexibility, and we can have communion with one another. I'm saying, like... Does everybody always agree on what those boundaries are? Pretty much, yeah. I, I, I've noticed over the years. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've noticed over the years, yeah, when you really look at it, there's pretty much agreement into what those non-negotiables are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do think there are. I think, I think you'd be surprised how much agreement. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. with those non-negotiables. And, and the other thing, this, okay, now we're in danger. I'm not sure it's Christianity. Yeah. And the other thing is, is, is like, you know, where can I, where can I find objective truth? I'm telling you, the Word of God mm -hmm. is a solid foundation. To, to use as a lens and a filter to identify. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, like, it's like, duh. But at the same time, guys, not everyone's subscribing to this. More and more these days, this is less an absolute. It is, it is reality now. And, and I just want to say, you know what? Um, I'm, we're not going to get played. We're not going to get played. Uh, you know what? You just anchor yourself in, in the scripture, in the word of God, and you're going to find that's, that's going to keep you on a very clear path. Mm -hmm. The other thing, let me, let me say this to you, because a man can justify anything in his own mind. I mean, we're, we're, now, we're now seeing people use scripture to justify alternative lifestyles. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, right? But, but come on. The Holy Spirit, who, who is... He's our guide. And the Bible says He was given to us as a guide who will guide us into truth. The Holy Spirit inside of you will be a great monitor as well. So there are times when you're hearing someone and maybe even hearing them leverage word or scripture, right? But you're hearing them justifying something that doesn't seem right to you. Hey, you know what? Go back to the word and maybe pull up some one-on-one some -on -one with the Spirit of the Lord and see where you might land. And then maybe even some of the mentors in your life, some of the solid people who have walked with the Lord for season, for time and time. By the way, can I just tell you, if you walk with the Lord for any length of time, you're going to see all kinds of waves and winds. How many times have we had different shifts and moves in the kingdom over the last 20, 30, 40 years, right? Pendulum swings, it's so wild. We get all hopped up in, in, in one wave of... of Gosh, this is, there was a big teaching wave, and then there was a big spirit wave, and then there was a big worship wave, and, and all kinds of different. And uh, I think it's funny. Our, our, our humanity, I don't know, we get caught up. We can't even. I had a brilliant father in the faith once tell me, he said, son, just be careful, because man spends most of his time in one ditch or the other. Because he can't hardly get himself to straddle that and, and walk in balance, you know. So uh, all that to say this, you, 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 you can live, you can set your life on this, right? And the Spirit of the Lord, who is not going to object to this, he's only going to keep emphasizing, and, and that'll be a great filter for your life. And then use some models and mentors who are kingdom people who've journeyed for seasons, who've walked through the winds and the waves and not veered off. Good question. feedback questions or comments? I think something 
that I've been praying for the last few weeks is just like moldability mm -hmm. and like knowing that whatever plan I could think of, like it has to be moldable or whatever idea or truth that I have has to always stay moldable to the word of God and what he's wanting to do in my life. Mm -hmm. And so just as an example, it's really can apply to so many areas, but like I struggle with like in this exact area of like eating meat, okay? Not because the animal is sad or whatever, but like the way that society, the way, how much, how much, how many toxins are in it. But then you can just go down that rabbit trail. And so I'll eat, I'll eat meat because I like it, but then I will, I will feel so bad because I'm like, I'm eating toxins, like blah, blah, blah. But then you could go down that rabbit trail of everything, of like, it all has a chemical, it's all, you know, it's all tainted, it's all bad. This is one area, obviously it can apply to so many of, how do you give yourself like the grace to know that the Lord is like growing your faith? Because like, I'm at a different place than someone else, or like, someone, you know, I'm, I'm in that middle ground of like, not one or the other I want to be over here but I'm like in this middle ground of I'm eating it but then I'm making myself feel bad because of like telling myself should and should nots and like do's mm -hmm. and don'ts mm -hmm. and so like how do you in like reading this I don't put I don't want someone else to I don't want somebody else to like feel bad that I'm in this place or like I don't want someone to feel bad that they're eating meat and I don't want someone that eats vegetables you know I don't I don't want the the condemnation or the you know the like conviction on someone else but in being moldable how do you walk through like maybe it takes a while for grace for the grace of like putting that aside I don't know if that makes any sense like as you're walking through moving from from one side to the other of like God giving you grace and contentment mm -hmm. in an area mm -hmm. that like you're in the middle of struggling with. Yeah. How, what do you do in that process of like going from shame, like, shame and guilt over to yeah uh, yeah. You know, I I think condemnation is is definitely an attribute or a emotion that it's just not kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um. It's, it's not something that is, is the characteristic or nature uh, or the mode of operation for the Lord, our Father, who's gracious. And uh, so I think oftentimes we will, we will live our lives out of shame and condemnation, maybe because mom and dad would not be happy, I gotta do this, or it's either imposed by others or self-imposed. Um, you know, I just think you, you have to kind of walk it out individually and, and where there's a freedom or where there's peace about it. Then you monitor and, and look, there are, I could justify in my mind Twinkies for a season. And then after that, in my best negotiation internally, I can't justify it. So I've lost my peace about it. But you understand, right? So there's, there's, there's a piece in the process, and you just have to find that. And, and look, I think it, it's, it's a part understanding, revelation, and then internally, peace versus condemnation. So I, I, I don't think it's a cookie-cutter answer. Yeah. I think you just walk that out. Can I add something? Sure. Uh, 
I think there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation comes from ourselves or our people around us, what we've learned, what we've grown up with. Conviction is to coming from Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So if Holy Spirit is saying like, hey, yo, you have something to learn. Like this is a new season and we're going to grow in this area. Mm-hmm. He's going to convict you, but it's not in a way where you're going to feel the shame and the guilt. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, dang, okay, didn't do so great today. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where the condemnation, it's that weight that comes on you that you can't shake it off because... I mean, at least in my life, like, when I allow condemnation, I'm allowing a foothold to the enemy, and he's loving it. And he's like, how much weight can I get on your back to make you just not even be able to move anymore? And so, for me, when I'm, like, feeling not so great about something I'm doing, I'm like, okay, is there is there grace in it? Am, am, is that there? If it's not, then it's probably not of the Lord then. And then that's something I got to dive even deeper into. Where is this coming from? Why am I allowing this in my life? So, yeah, condemnation, conviction. Anyone else? Question. How do I know when my freedom could become a stumbling block yeah. for my brother? Dude, that is such a good question. I love you. Uh, how do i know when when my freedom could become a stumbling block you know if i am the lens that i see everything through i could probably be completely oblivious to how my life affects a brother or sister Mm -hmm. it's just me it's like the lord has given me freedom and i just but man i'm telling you is it possible that we would do well to actually be far more considerate about our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and about the do's and don'ts? My do's and don'ts, while I have my freedom, let me tell you, real freedom is the freedom to say no. Right. Yeah. That's freedom. Mm-hmm. And so how do I know when my freedom is possibly a stumbling block to a brother or a sister? Well, let's just hope that we're present enough in our world that we're eyes wide open considering each other mm-hmm. and thinking about one another and observing. There are times I know I have a freedom, but I'm not going to practice my freedom with someone who's struggling mm-hmm. in an area because I love them and it's not going to be productive. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's yeah. a hyper-individualism yeah. is what it is. It's about me. And it's, it's a, well, that's their problem. Right. Because it's, it's, they, I shouldn't have to worry about that. It's about it's me. And that's their right. problem. And that's the danger. It's a hyper individual. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is disunion. Right? You disregard your neighbor. You watch that's their problem. Mm-hmm. They need to grow up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an attitude. I mean, I've heard these literal, these, these phrases coming out of people's mouth mm-hmm. about their freedoms. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, that doesn't sound like God to me. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you're free. So I guess, um, I thought that was a great. I guess like the the simple way of answering that is like taking the focus off yourself and putting it on the people around you and loving them enough to know them enough to know, okay, if I do this, that will cost them this yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's maturity. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's maturity. You know, when you're a child, it's all about you. But then, then you, you come of age, you know, and all of a sudden it's, it's not about you. Can I add one more thing to that? Um, something they taught us on the race um, was if I'm going to love a brother or a sister the way that Christ loves them, like Christ 
met them where they're at. Mm-hmm. He didn't drag them. Like he he went to them and met them where they were at. Okay. And so I'm called to love my brother and sister and meet them where they're at rather than try and like drag them across the field to come up to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So good. away to somebody else like the first person I can find (laughs) you know and like you know to the point where like I don't even realize it but I'm just downloading this revelation and then like writing a teaching and sermon outlines on it on my computer like just because I'm like how do I give this away to somebody but like something God is showing me now and at this point in my life is like how to exercise discernment on when to give that away because And this isn't to, like, condescend or anything, but, like, you know, I'm like, man, I just found this incredible prime rib here, but I can't serve it to someone who hasn't developed teeth yet that's still on milk. That that could choke them or make them sick or, you know what I mean? And anyway, all that to say that that's such a good reminder for me because, like, I may have the best intention of, like, wanting to give that away, but really it's would harm them mm-hmm. or push them further backwards yes mm-hmm. I, I love it isn't it funny yeah isn't it funny how fast though I mean it, it truly is it's, you don't make books it's a billion dollar industry right just you don't make books and curriculum and all kinds of stuff we find a treasure and we rush to package it and present it. It's all through the lens of me. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's still, like if my first reaction to a discovery in the Lord is, is I gotta, I gotta package this and sell this. Mm-hmm. Or I gotta package this and present this. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think, I think my, na- my natural man it gets excited about things and the first thing I wanna do is, is talk about the thing that I'm excited about, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, but I'm not necessarily talking about that so much as, although I think wisdom and discernment in that, right? Um, you know, it's like this. This is a good one. 
How many of you believe that the Lord created intimacy between a man and a woman? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if she's both hands up and he's like. Um, but, 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 but for real, right? Like, like God created this, right? God created this. Now some of you were still, you were still trying to think, oh my gosh, where's this going? <laughs> but if, if God created this, right? And, but for a time, you know, my, my children, my, my son's nine years old. Did God create this? Sure he did. Does my nine-year-old, does, does that fit for him right now? So, 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 you know, we don't have to dismiss the, the, the treasure and we don't have to force it prematurely. Leave room for the process. Leave room for the process. By the way, a whole lot of ownership occurs when we, when we, when we discover things. That's why I think treasures, it's waiting for you. It's waiting for you. Nick, you said Jesus is perfect theology. Mm-hmm. He also said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them yet. <laughs> have you ever thought about, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, how in the world did he condense the one that has all knowledge? How did he condense the message that's in that book? Mm-hmm. I, that just boggles my mind. So we could even begin to understand it. It's yeah. amazing. I also just had a thought that when you like hold on to the things that God has given you, like the treasures that you're talking about, and instead you allow them to continually transform you, it is so much more, at least from what I've experienced, worth it to then walk out from that transformation, the love that you get in your own heart Mm -hmm. towards other people, where then they go... What's going on? Right. It's kind of cool to have a little secret with the Lord. Like, <laughs> just to have something that like is between the two of you because yeah. he wants to give us those things yeah. and wants to build that intimacy within us. Yeah. Have you ever known anyone, have you ever encountered someone that you were attracted to because mm-hmm. of the measure inside mm-hmm. there? You don't even know fully what it is. You just yeah. know there's something. Mm-hmm. i got to get with them. And then you go and you sit with them and you just begin to interact with them. You didn't go to the bookstore and buy the book that they put together because they didn't put a book together. Most of the rich, enriched, fully measured people I've encountered, they're not the people on the platform. They're not the people with the books. They're often the people who have journeyed with the Lord long enough and they have a limp, which means they've wrestled enough. Jacob, you don't even fully know yourself until you've had enough time to wrestle your faith. Give yourself space to wrestle. But boy, when you meet someone like that, treasure, like, like you could just, just <laughs> you run to it, and you should. 
Yeah. But I want to say, when you find something, a treasure, and you really soak on it, and it now lives in you, and it, it, I mean, it like, it's, it's, you don't even have to trumpet the thing, you walk it. You talk about a megaphone of some great stuff. Couple of thoughts. You know what what Davis described here half an hour ago about uh, there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of room. It kind of goes with you know, let us not major on the minors. Uh, what Nick shared about tonight is really another word for his message: is meekness. And meekness is not meekness is not weakness. In a way, you you can actually. It's actually spread, it, it's, it, it really goes into, it's actually the opposite of shallowness. You actually know a lot. But, but it brings you to the spot where I left home, Norway, when I was 18. And so once in a while, every two, three years, I get to spend some time with that. So once in a while, I'll talk to you about that because I value so high because I only see him every third year or so. So he told me a story once which speaks to this meekness thing that as a pastor, 80 years old, he told me one day, the longer I live, the less I know. That doesn't mean that he, he has a lower understanding. He just knows that he now knows so much and understands that the major issues are clearer and stronger than ever before. But the minor issues that divides, those have disappeared and become non-important. So as a pastor, when he would preach when he was in the 30s, and we thought, man, you can't go to movies, you can't play sport because that's sinful, that theology that goes to certain denominations, it's all gone. It was actually destructive. But the core gospel of a loving God that came and died for his creation, the redemption story, the hope of everlasting life, those things are stronger, clearer than ever, and unifies the whole body. Yes. While these other things, okay, they are the non-consequential things. So meekness is actually strength, yes. but you don't walk it out in people's faces, you know. So that's what I learned from him, that the older he got, the less he knew, but behind that, actually he knew much more. Does that make sense? Yes. That's excellent. Yeah. I know. When we was talking about being meek, it reminded me of the Beatitudes. I just flipped there my Bible and a note that I wrote almost a year ago just kind of speaks to what we're talking about right now. Um, and about the Beatitudes I wrote, none of these say, blessed are the leaders, the loud voices are those who seem perfect. Jesus is blessing the faithful, the ones who are just being people and those who seek the truth. Being like Jesus is how we will be blessed. And it's that humility. That's really relevant. <laughs> I love it, Lizzie. You ought to see her Bible. You ought to see her notebook. I mean, this girl, she's, she's a treasure hunter. 
Like she's looking for it. She's digging. I love it. So I pray that your faith will be strengthened and that you'll allow the Lord to speak to your heart and that you live out of that, leaving room and uh, enjoy the journey. Guys, let's not repeat history. Let's, mm-hmm. let's actually determine. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Let's not wrestle over things that, that don't deserve to be points of division. If you like vegetables and don't like meat, I love you anyways. I forgive you and I love you. All good? Awesome. Love you guys.